Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy, here with my first cup of coffee, which I might have to have several of these. Today is Monday, March 29th. We are almost through the first quarter of 2021, which is remarkable to me. <laughs> One thing about writing books is it makes the time fly by. So that's the best news. Best news today. Leslie Penelope is so organized about her categories. I'm just like totally random. Um, but I did finish Sorcerer's Queen and the Pirate Rogue. Yay! The, um, the cover is almost done. Yay! So I'm going to do some revising today. I already got... Um, Emily Ma, the lovely, talented Emily Ma, read it over the weekend, and she sent me an email saying that she loved it. She said, loved it as usual. She's charming. Sorry, I've got a little bit more glare from the window today. Um, and she only has a few comments, so hopefully the revision will go fast. I'm hoping it, that I'll get the revision done this week, and... Um, I don't think there's that much to fix. So, so we shall see. Um, and that's, I was tired. I was tired on Friday when I finished, but I eked it out. I suspect there will be stuff I want to add to the end. So that's what I'm going to do. Let's see what else. I'm, I'm still in brain fog today. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm just, uh, slept a long time, did not want to wake up. And then I like forgot to put my earrings in the cleaner, forgot all about the earring plan. So I put them in belatedly and I've cat fur on my lips. I put them in belatedly and then I almost forgot to put them on. I had to go get up again and go get them. So, you guys, I'm really noticing I made this dress and I like totally borked up the the straps. And so now I'm like staring at it and noticing how badly I borked up the straps. I really have to tear it up and, and redo it, which now I know what I'm doing. I think I can. So I have to not obsess with looking at how bad that is. Otherwise, you know, it's a cute dress, right? I think it's cute. You could like mostly see my bosom. Sorry about that. Okay, so let's do the earrings. So these earrings, which look okay, even though they didn't stay in the cleaner the full half an hour, they are inverted, um, sort of a trumpet-shaped flower in silver with silver filigree at the top and dangling uh, stamens, silver stamens with little um, purple beads on there. I would call them amethyst beads, but I think probably purple glass is more accurate. But aren't they pretty? So these were a friend from one of my critique partners. Um, there was, for a while there, we were exchanging gifts upon book release. And then it got completely untenable <laughs> with me. I was like, okay, you guys, let, you, don't, you don't have to give me a gift every time. Um, but these were a really nice choice because they um, went 
it was for one of the Covenant of Thorns books. I don't, it was one of the later ones. It wasn't the first one, but it was one of the later ones. But if you've read Covenant of Thorns, uh, she has earrings that uh, Rogue gave her that are inverted trumpet lilies that look similar to this. That I actually based off of some earrings, some cloisonne, I can't talk either, cloisonne earrings that I had back um, in the 80s. And I, I lost them. I, I remember I like lost them in college on a trip to Atlanta. And I was very sad. I loved those earrings. I like these two. Um, but I based the ones in the book off of those other ones. And I've never found another pair like that. So... So, yeah, I didn't want to wake up this morning, um, and I'm just in kind of a little bit of a, a brain fog. Um, I considered sitting outside. It could it might be nice enough to sit outside, and then I decided I couldn't add one more logistic to my morning. So we'll see if I can tomorrow. The weekend wasn't as nice weather as I'd hoped it would be. We had a real cold wind blowing, sadly. If you hear... A cat meowing in the distance. That's Jackson wanting to go out on his harness. But I didn't want to let him out while I was doing the podcast since I wasn't set up to do any cat wrangling today. I don't know how we're going to do cat wrangling with the video. I'll probably have to like... I don't even know. We will cross that bridge. So, um, so yeah, finished the book and caught up on a few things, but I did not do a whole lot over the weekend, which was nice. I mean, I, I did the laundry and got the house clean. And I this is the big excitement. This is seriously the big excitement. You guys, I went and got my eyebrows done. Got my eyebrows threaded for the first time since before the pandemic, so more than a year. And um, <laughs> it was just so nice to go get them threaded. I, I hate plucking my own eyebrows because it makes me sneeze, um, like nonstop sneezing. The threading doesn't do the same thing. And I like threading better than waxing. And I was looking into these other things. Like, I, you know, I, I need a cane that I can shake it. You kids these days, like my nail gal was showing me laminating brows and my hairstylist was showing me blading. And, you know, and I do see, I, I feel like I so sound like my grandmother. I see these young girls <laughs> going around with, you know, just huge eyebrows, really big, dark eyebrows. And, and I know some of that's from the blading or laminating and it's, and people are like, oh, you should get that. And it's like, I don't think that would look right. <laughs> I don't think I could pull off the great big dramatic eyebrows. It's just interesting to see a trend come in like that. And I mean, I even looked into the laminating, which is where you, they like brush your eyebrows straight up and they trim them and everything, but then they like put wax and dye on it. So that's how those, that's how these women have the eyebrows that look like they're going straight up and it lasts. I think they said like, like six weeks. It depends on how wet you get them and this kind of thing, but it's like $80 and I don't know, not for me. I also went shopping, which was nice to do. Um, I, I did start the closet purge. I got rid of a bunch of stuff. So now my, my jeans drawer has like, um, 
Let's see, it has one pair of shorts and two pairs of crop jeans and two pairs of long jeans. <laughs> so it's a little bit uh, empty looking drawer, which is probably like what a sane human being would have. So, I mean, how many pairs of pants does one really need? So that felt good, starting the closet purge. Got some lights hung. Um, we're almost there on the kitchen lights. Uh, David had a tired yesterday. We both had a tired yesterday. Um, and, and it was kind of, we just did a really down day yesterday, and that was nice. I laid around in red for a lot of the day. I did a few things, but mostly I laid around in red. Um, I am reading, do I even know what it's called? Oh, it's right here. I'm reading, but I'm reading it on Kindle. I'm reading Kushiel Scion, uh, which is, since I have it here, I should show you. Well, it's under the, the modem and, yeah, I'm not going to. But I have those books in hardback. You know, of course, I paid an arm and a leg for them. And now I just paid, um, I don't know what, a foot, <laughs> $25 to own the trilogy on Kindle so I can read it there. But we do, we does what we must. One day, if I get to meet Jacqueline Carey, I can have her sign these books for me. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? So, um, very much enjoying rereading this book. Uh, yeah, it was interesting hearing your comments. Um, people talked to me in several different venues about the whole clean romance thing. Uh, and... And somebody asked, and I think it was Library Addict, asked, um, why would somebody use my books for advertising targeting um, if they write clean romance where I clearly don't? I write, I, you know, I just don't like clean and dirty. I write, I was going to make a joke and then I don't even want to say it. You know, I, I write um, sex in all its nuance and beauty. So, so the question is why, I mean, it gets down into the weeds of how the advertising marketing stuff works, but basically all of them work in a similar way, like, um, Amazon marketing, um, BookBub, my brain is not working. <laughs> what's, what's the other one? Facebook. Um, and basically what they have you do is they is you select an audience because all these social media places, right, are in the business of collecting information on you and me, but I go in and erase mine all the time, you and what you like. And so they have those data points that like if you have like, for instance, um, I don't want to say that author because I hate to give her more credit, um, Jennifer Easton. We love Jennifer Eastep. If you have liked Jennifer Eastep's Facebook page, if you or on Amazon, if you have bought her books, or on BookBub, if you have followed her as an author, then what they will do is they will say, um, you know, do you want to choose an audience of readers who like Jennifer Eastep's books? And and it is a it's a trial and error thing. It's um, in, in many cases, hit or miss. Uh, but you, 
And you can tell by, like, if, for instance, I advertise my book to Jennifer Eastep's readers, then I can see how many of them actually click, how many of them click through. And you can't always tell by. It depends on which site you're on. But you you can sort of tell the efficacy of targeting a particular audience. So, so library addicts point is that if somebody, if it was something like, if you like Jeffy Kennedy's books, you'll love clean romance authors books that that's not true, but that's because the, the advertising isn't entirely refined, right? it doesn't work that well. And it depends on how much information they have on you. Uh, but some of it is just, like I said, it's hit or miss. It's like, well, because they're both fantasy romance, maybe this author who's looking for fantasy romance, uh, or this reader, sorry, this reader who's looking for fantasy romance will um, actually like my fantasy romance too, even though it's um, not sexually explicit, which is probably true for some readers, right? So, I mean, it's... um. I don't even know what a good analogy is. Uh, you know, it's like the dartboard where you just sort of throw at maybe if you're not a very good dart player because the like the it's like the dartboard is spinning all the time. So you sort of throw and you, you hope that you hit a high score, but you never know. It's that kind of thing. So um, let's see what else. I know I was good. Oh, we started watching this movie last night. David picked it out. He's very nice about picking out movies that are like about writers because generally it's a good, um, a good bet with me. Right. So we watched this one that's called grace. We didn't finish it. Uh, David found it really boring and I found it irritating. Um, it was kind of, a. you know, I'm the one who always says there's no such thing as a, as a new story, right? So I I hate to use this as a uh, criticism, but it was a pretty cliche story. It's a story that's been done before. Yes, all stories have been done before. Some feel like they've been done before more than others. Do you know what I mean? And this is about the uh, eccentric, reclusive writer who's written one book. Why is it always a guy? Why is it always a guy? Uh, a guy. And, you know, and he's gotten 1.2 million for his next book and he's, uh, and he hasn't turned in any pages. And this gal, Grace, who's an aspiring writer, that was a little bit of a new twist, uh, gets this gig to go and try to get him to write. It's actually a sweet gig. She's amazingly grumpy about it, but he's living in like his family home on this estate you know it's a mansion with a pool house and a pool and you know gorgeous of course it's it's a pit because he hasn't cleaned it so there is that downside but she gets to live there free you know free room and board and six hundred dollars a week and it was like well that's that's not a bad, not a bad gig plus she gets all sorts of time to work on her writing right it's like, isn't that a writing retreat? Don't people pay to be able to do that? <laughs> anyway, uh, so she, so she goes, and of course he's crazy, and you know, and she cleans, and you know, and and they and they become friends, and all of this, and it's like, 
I don't know. Um, it's the, uh, I'm not going to be able to think of his name because my brain isn't working today. Uh, another very obvious takeoff on the David Foster Wallace thing or the author of The Catcher on the Rye, whose name is, and, and you guys are all shouting it at me and I can't hear you. Say it louder. Holden Caulfield? No, no, that's the main character. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're saying the right thing and I just can't think of it. Maybe it'll pop into my head before we're done. Anyway, you know who I mean. Uh, these writers who like put out one book and two short stories or something and then uh, dramatically disappear into the ether and everybody's so intrigued by them and why are we still making stories about them? But one of the irritating things about it was, and I think at the point at which we bailed, they have this conversation where she asks him who his favorite writers are. And, and he returns the question. And of course their favorite writers are like William Faulkner and Thomas Pynchon and David Foster Wallace, you know, and it's like, it just drives me up the fucking wall. It's like every single movie at like this sort of thing like they have to trot out the same names like these are the people who are actually writing decent stuff and it's like really really so but it also made me think a lot about about privilege and artistry um, and I was complaining to David I said one of the funny things to me that's always a funny thing to me about these movies is that they never actually show the writers writing, um, you know, like little tiny clips of them uh, writing, but, you know, and I know that it's, you know, it was the joke with castle and all of that kind of thing. You know, obviously it's not good film to show people writing because people writing is really boring, but you know, it's like all of the angst is about their art and about getting published. And, and I want to see them like, having angst about how many words they've put down that day. You know, it's always like either they're writing or they're not, but it's like, you know, what, why don't you just shut the fuck up and go sit, you know, go write some words, you know, um, you guys know me by now, right? So, but I was thinking about that, the luxury of time, you know, and she's always accusing him of, of privilege. Oh, well, it must be nice, you know, to have your trust fund and all that. Some of us didn't have it so easy. And I'm, I'm like, sweetheart, you're living in a mansion getting paid $600 a week to like be this guy's friend. And the rest of this time you could be writing and you're bitching about someone else, you know, having a sweet gig. And I'm starting to run out of time, but I was remembering that one of the things I wanted to talk about was there was some stuff going around last week. I hadn't seen this stuff before, but apparently there was like a thing that went out, you know, like one of those um, ubiquitous, this is what successful people do things. And it was like the five hours. And they were talking about how, you know, like Bill Gates and Oprah and, you know, people like this, that they spend five hours a day uh, in contemplation or reflection or thinking uh, and they included in this reading which i thought was funny i was like hey all of you all out there are reading at least five hours a day you like fall into this group <laughs> um you know meditating reflecting thinking on things and that you know that this having the taking this time taking the time to reflect and think 
uh, is a key to success. And I saw a TikTok, and I should have paid attention to the gal who did it because um, now I'm ripping off her idea. I'm sorry. If you guys know which one I mean, tell me and I'll credit her. Maybe I can find it. Uh, but she did this TikTok on how, on time poverty. And she said, you know, the thing is, is when they talk about successful people taking time to read or reflect, you know, a person who is working a couple of jobs, a single parent who is got small children, people who are struggling to make ends meet, you don't have five hours a day to spend doing things that aren't keeping your children alive and well, I mean, it all comes down to that, keeping you and your children alive, right? Because it's working's part of that too. Um, and so I don't know. I just thought that that was really interesting and, and worth reflecting on. I'm sure I have thoughts because it is something that I talk about a lot when people ask me how I can write so much. And I say, well, I do write full time. Um, kids are adults. We do not live near grandchildren. We don't do any babysitting. Uh, it's just the two of us. And yes, I do keep the house clean and run the finances and all of that. But otherwise, I don't have many other responsibilities. And I do spend, I mean, a lot of time reading or walking or reflecting. And and I'm tremendously fortunate that I have that time. And not everyone does. So on that note, I'm going to go because I do need to uh, get busy and do some actual work. Uh, I'll remind you that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network, and you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. I hope that you are able to carve out some time today to do something that is meaningful to you. You all take care. Bye-bye.